So the Jazz lost a pretty rough game against the Bucks, and and to be honest, I I knew they were going to lose the second when on the broadcast they brought up that the Bucks haven't won in Utah since two thousand one, um, and I saw that. And I was like, this is the time for the Bucks to win in Utah. I don't know if you believe in superstition, but that's one of those things where I saw it. And I just, I was like, I don't think the Jazz are going to pull this one off just because they brought that up. So um, that's not the reason, but um, it, it wasn't a great sign to see that. It, like um, on Saturday, Nate and I were talking about how the Jazz always seem to be on the wrong side of history how they played Kobe his last game and he dropped 60, how um, they lost to the Spurs, which gave Coach Pop his uh, the most wins for a head coach in NBA history. So I guess why not be on the wrong side of history and break a 21-year winning streak against the Bucks in Utah? So uh, whatever. Um, this game was rough. Uh, it was the Jazz were a bipolar team. They played really good. Well, offensively they were really good in the first quarter. Defensively it was a little bit rough. Second quarter they fell apart. Third quarter they were amazing on offense and defense. That was one of the best quarters of basketball I've seen in a while. And then fourth quarter they fell apart again. So um, I guess if it was a boxing match and it was scored like. Uh, you had a, uh, how boxing matches are scored. The Jazz would have had a shot. It probably would have been a split decision, but that's not how basketball works. Um, but this, I before we dig into the game a little bit more, I wanted to talk about why I thought this game was really important. So we, the, the Jazz, right now in standings, they're fourth. They're it's looking less and less likely that they're even going to get a shot at the third or second seed. Technically, it's still possible. They'll just have to go on a crazy run, and the Grizzlies and Warriors will have to lose some games. Um, but right now, it's looking the Jazz are twelve games back, and I think the Warriors are seven and a half games back from first place. So, with sixteen, fifteen games, something like that left, fifteen games after this one, I think it's tough to come back to make up four and a half games. There's not a lot of games to make that happen. Um, but why this game was so important is the Nuggets played tonight. Um, the Warriors played tonight. And the Warriors won. The Nuggets won. The Jazz lost this one, so now they're tied with the Mavericks. The Mavericks are playing the Nets on Wednesday, so they, they'll probably, well, not probably, but there's a good chance they'll lose. That's not a, an easy team to play, even though the record's not amazing right now. Um, but right now the Jazz are tied for fifth or tied for fourth, however you want to look at it. Um, and we, they were thinking, I feel like a few games ago, they were thinking they kind of have fourth locked in. And now the two teams below them, the fifth seed and the sixth seed right now, the Mavericks and the Nuggets are playing really great basketball. They're on winning streaks and the Jazz aren't looking too hot right now. Um, which is unfortunate. Like the Jazz played really good up until, like the second quarter they fell apart, and the fourth quarter they were right in it right until the end. So it's not like they gave up. It's not like they've been playing awful, but it's a, it's a tough loss. Uh, so 
It's an interesting one though because I feel uh, Nate and I were talking about how some of these losses in the the past few losses that we've had, it's a lot of it's a lot on Conley's shoulders, not a hundred percent, but Conley's just not been playing great. Tonight he played great. He was uh, he had let me pull it up. I want to give you he's twenty eight points. Was that right? Um, twenty nine points, uh, ten for thirteen shooting. Uh, he had seven assists, two steals. Like, I don't know what else to ask from Conley. Mitchell also had 29 points, but he shot less than 33% from the field. He was 10 for 32, which is rough because it's rough for two reasons. One, the shooting percentage is awful. That's the obvious rough one. The less obvious rough one is I think the Jazz have the best chance when... Mitchell is shooting a lot and so when he's shooting a lot and he has a bad night like that it really ruins their chances but I think the Jazz are really good when Mitchell can take a good amount of volume so that's a rough one to see I wish he had made more shots and he started off the game really hot um, and then I feel like just too many heat checks he he shot some dumb shots Towards the end, and I I think Mitchell really lost us the game. He had a stupid foul, a couple stupid shots, and a stupid turnover all in the last like minute and a half. I don't want to put like so much on his shoulders that like everything's always his fault, but when you're two points down and that kind of stuff happens, that's pretty rough. Another kind of turning not really a turning point, but um, something that I thought really did not help the Jazz is so it was about I don't know six seven minutes left in the game the game is tied 100 to 100 um Rudy Gay fouls Drew Holiday on a layup if you look at the replay it was 100% a foul I don't think there's much to argue Rudy Gay didn't think it was a foul he gets mad about it grabs the ball from the official and won't give it back. Just kind of a silly move. And the official was very patient and he wouldn't give the ball back. So he gave him a technical and teed him up, which if I was the official, I'd probably do the exact same thing. I think it was a very fair technical, but that was such a stupid technical that could have easily been avoided. And I don't know what you're, what you're going to get out of that. Like what are you going to prove by taking the ball and not let it, giving it back to the ref? Um, so, and then from there, the Bucks went on a seven to nothing run and Utah fought back, but obviously not enough. And they, they fell apart a little bit at the end. Um, a little bit off topic, but it kind of also made me think how weird the dynamic is in the NBA with technical fouls. Because I know there are some technical fouls are different than this, but here's the typical technical foul sequence. Uh, player isn't happy about something the ref did. That's normally how it starts. The ref makes a call that they don't like, or a call that they don't, uh, or, or don't make a call that they wish they made. Player gets angry, talks, takes the ball, does something silly, and so they're acting out. Um, if you want to put it in like elementary school terms the players acting out because the ref did something they didn't like um which i don't want to make players sound like children but that's kind of how it is sometimes um 
and then the ref gives them a technical. They're not happy about it, but then they stop acting out and they're done. And so <laughs> I think it's kind of silly that you're you're mad that the ref did something, so you act out. You do something the ref doesn't want you to do. The ref disciplines you and then you stop. So the ref does something else that you don't want them to do and then you immediately stop and listen to it. So like, I don't know why don't player like, I understand some technicals is the heat of the moment, but why don't players just sit back and chill out a little bit, save them, save their teams a free throw. Um, it, it also like, I feel like it can really sway the momentum, even though it's just like a free throw. I I feel like there can be a momentum swing. So that's enough of that. That was a little bit off topic, but rough loss for the Jazz. Um, I talked about Conley, talked about Mitchell. Uh, Gobert gave us what we expect, his 18 points, 14 rebounds. He's like one of the most consistent players in the NBA, and I love that. Um, House got hurt in the first quarter, which is rough. He was starting this game because Bojan's out. So now we'll need to find another starting small forward until Bojan comes back. Uh, maybe that will be Rudy Gay. Um, maybe they'll just go small ball and bring in Clarkson. But I'm curious to see what will happen there. As far as the Bucks go, just real quick. They kind of had an interesting game because Middleton, Giannis and Holiday were their players. Everyone else did a little bit here and there. Brook Lopez had his first game back for almost a year. Like, he hasn't played almost this whole season. Um, he did okay. Um, foul, he fouled a lot, but he hit some shots. Um, but it was interesting. The Jazz were doing a good job at stopping pretty much everyone else. But Giannis, they held him to 30. I'm not mad about that. He didn't dominate the game. I feel like that's about as much as you can hope for from Giannis. He did have 15 boards. And then Holiday kind of took over at the end. Middleton did his thing. Um, And so the Jazz just let the big three do what they wanted. And that's tough defensively. Like, even if the role players aren't contributing as much as they normally do, when you let their three best players kind of score at will you're going to lose almost every single game. So I I think there were moments where the Jazz did a really good job at containing Giannis, but obviously not good enough when he has 30 points, 15 rebounds at the end of the game. So I would like if the Jazz face another team like this where they have a big three of sorts, obviously not like a, a Miami Heat big three back with LeBron and Wade and Bosh, but Holiday Middleton... Giannis is a pretty good big three and they kind of let them do what they wanted scoring wise. So I would like the jazz to come in with a strategy where uh, are you going to just like a team, a roster built like this, you either need to let Giannis do whatever he wants and not let anyone else do anything or you do, you throw everything at Giannis and force Middleton or force holiday to win the game. And (laughs) <laughs> the Jazz didn't either. So that was a little bit rough defensively. Um, it, it's not a great look for the Jazz losing this game. They were right in it. They were playing good most of it. There were just a few moments that they threw it away. So I still have hope for the Jazz this season. I, I 
still think they're a pretty good team. They just need to learn how to close out games. And that has been a struggle for them at times. The Spurs, great example of them not being able to close out a game. So that's what I'm going to look for in the future. And and I think, because I, I should go back and like check all the quarters, but from a lot of the games that I've watched, I'm seeing that the Jazz perform best when they've had time, a good amount of time to talk to their coaches. So first quarter, they come in with their game plan. They've talked to their coaches. They normally come out pretty good. Second quarter is when they slow down. Third quarter, they've had time to talk to their coaches at halftime. They come out pretty good. Fourth quarter, it starts to slow down. So I that's a trend that I've been noticing. I don't have the numbers behind it to prove it. It's just been more of an eye test thing. But I'm just saying it's probably not coach's fault. <laughs> so that's one thing I'll probably pay attention to in the future. But the Jazz don't have a ton of games left. They need to fight for home court advantage. That's really the name of the game right now. And then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you like the Jazz, follow the channel wherever you're watching it. That's where, what we're really focusing on in, on this channel is Jazz content. If you like the video, even though it was a tough loss for the Jazz, please hit the like button. It means a ton. So thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.